We give you glory, O oh God. We bless you this evening as we gather around your table to just lift up your name and just bless you. We thank you for the goodness of God in our lives. We thank you for the faithfulness of God in our families. We thank you for the hand of God upon us. Even in the midst of this pandemic, we thank you that you are God and you are the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, you have never changed. And you will never change. You said, be still and know that I am God. And that I am with you. And that I will help you. And that I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Sayeth the Lord, I thank you, Father, for your presence. And thank you for the assurance of your glory upon our lives. In the name of Jesus, we bless you tonight. And we honor your name as we gather around this table. May your name be exalted forever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Brethren, ladies and gentlemen and saints, I welcome you tonight. In the name of Jesus, thank you for following this channel. And thank you for sticking around with us for the last four weeks. We've been teaching men and speaking to men. And we had the topic called... Buyan daughter, and uh, we are moving towards the wrapping up of this series. Yo, July has been a long month. Uh, I was amazed to check and find out that we have actually been around for four weeks already, and we still have one more week in the month. What a long month it's been! But we're grateful for the opportunity to share the word of God and uh, do wonders for the kingdom of God. And I'm grateful for the support that you keep on lending towards us and towards the work of God. Greetings once again. I hope and I trust that you're comfortable in your home. And thank you for listening and watching tonight. God bless you as we share the word of God. July is our men's month and we've been covering a few topics for the last three, four weeks. And tonight, God has a word for you. Please don't get away. God has a word for you. Uh, I just want to say happy birthday to one of our men, Tatesi Momo. Uh, one of soldier of this ministry, very committed and faithful. That uh, we appreciate you at this moment with your wife. Thank you for standing up with us in prayer. And thank you for loving the work of God and being part of this ministry. Also, one of our stalwarts, she was celebrating her 60th birthday last week. I just want to appreciate her, Mangobs. We appreciate you, man. And congratulations on such a milestone. May God preserve you. And keep you for many more years to come. Happy birthday once again to you. And as Shammai ben Church men, we condemn every form of gender-based violence. And we pray that God will raise men of stature, even as we continue to teach the word of God. Amen. Are you okay tonight? Welcome to the presence of God. And listening through this teaching tonight, I trust that God will speak to you. Last week we spoke about present yet absent men and we spoke about how being present in the life of those whom we love those who are important to us how important it is to be present how important it is to how it improves our relationship tonight i will be speaking about what i call frustrations frustrations unchecked frustrations but before i talk about that I'll be talking about the book of Genesis or from the book of Genesis chapter 4 
which is to me a very, very important book in your biblical scholarship. If you're a Bible scholar, Genesis 4, listen to me, it's one of the most important books in, in understanding concepts, biblical concepts. B Genesis 4, it is a home of, of very important biblical and life concepts such as time, for example. Time is mentioned in that chapter. It's one of the first mentions of time. And it speaks about in the process of time. It therefore teaches you that time and process can never be separated. That when you talk time, you talk process. And when you talk process, you talk time as well. Genesis 4 is a home of concepts such as offering and sacrifices. You, you can never talk sacrifices and offering and not refer to that chapter. That's the first mention of sacrifices. You see how excellence and acceptability of sacrifices are important to God. How excellence is important to God. How excellence is important when you make your sacrifices. You learn that in Genesis 4. Genesis 4 is a, is, is a home of, of concepts such as anger. How, how anger can destroy your life and everything that, that you have worked hard for. You see that in Genesis 4. Genesis 4 is it's a home of, 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 of concepts such as sin. The first time the word sin is mentioned is in Genesis 4. And, and you also learn how, how sin is a person. How sin is not a thing, it's a person. He speaks about how he stands at the door and he knocks and he waits patiently to pounce on you. That can only be a personality and not a thing. So you can actually see that, that the, the sin concept is deeper than what people think when you begin to study it from the book of Genesis 4. Genesis 4 also speaks about brotherhood, how we should look after one another. It speaks about blood, how blood has a voice. All of that you find in Genesis 4. Hey, what a book. But tonight, I'm not talking about those concepts. I'm talking about perhaps one of the concepts I've mentioned, the concept of anger. But I, I, I coined my topic tonight, unchecked frustrations, unchecked frustrations, unchecked frustrations as I speak to men and also the women, but as I speak specifically to men, unchecked frustrations. Let's read the word of God. Genesis 4 verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And so the Lord said unto Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? As I say tonight, I'm talking about what I call unchecked frustrations. As a matter of fact, from what we just read, you can, you can immediately see that anger and your face are connected. Anger and your face are connected. And I want to check you before I even begin to teach. Check your face right now. Take, turn, turn your phone to the camera mode if your phone is not live. And let it check or bring a mirror, look at your face and see what posture your face is holding up. And check what is your general face posture all the time. Do you, do you keep an angry face or do you keep a smiling face? I'm going to talk about that later. But I just wanted to show you that there is a link between anger and face. 
God says, why has your countenance, how, why has your face fallen? Why have, is your face frowning, in other words? But if you, see, you study this passage of scripture, number one, it says, in the process of time, the brothers came and brought an offering before the Lord. First, it was the elder brother Cain, and the, secondly, it was the younger brother Abel. But the response of the Lord sparked a few things here. The Bible says, and the Lord respected Cain and his, I mean, Abel and his offering. And he, for Cain and his offering, the Lord did not respect. And this made the man angry. This caused Cain to be angry. He was angry at the outcome of the process. He was angry that his offering was not accepted. He was angry that his brother's offering was accepted. And that made him angry. And God begins to question him and say, why are you angry? And that's my teaching tonight. Why are you angry? Why are you expressing anger? And, and God was not even saying, why are you angry at what just happened? But he was saying to Cain, are you aware that you have an anger posture? Are you aware that you're, you're angry, man? You're angry. You're dealing with anger, man. It is not even what just happened now, but, but all along you've been harboring anger. And it, it looks to me that, that Cain had problems all along with anger. And this particular instance was a trigger of the actual expression of anger. But all along, he had frustrations. He was frustrated at the process and the outcome of the process. But this is what I like what, about God. When he begins to engage with Cain, he says in verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, Cain, you seem to find reason to be angry at a place of learning. You seem to be angry at the point where you should be growing. You seem to be angry at a place where you should be looking for improvement. You seem to be angry at a point where you should be looking for correction. It is not time to be angry. It's time to learn. It is not time to be angry. It's time to find improvement in the processes. He says, will you not be accepted if you do well? In other words, Cain, hey, you don't have to be angry at this. You can, you can beat this. You can even beat your brother at this game. If you find the correct formula, you can even become the best. Remember, verse 3 speaks about in the process of time. In other words, time can tell. Time will tell how better you can become. If you can give yourself patience, if you can give yourself room to improve, you will become better at this process. You don't have to be angry. But God also seems to expose something in this particular passage. That entitlement to success can lead to misplaced frustration and anger. Listen to that statement again. Entitlement to success leads to misplaced frustration and anger. When we are entitled to be successful. In other words, Cain felt like this was his place. After all, he's the firstborn brother. He's supposed to be the successful one. He's supposed to be accepted. Why is his offering not accepted? And therefore, he became frustrated because of entitlement to success. Not all, I mean, all of us are not entitled to be successful. We have to work hard at it. 
We have to keep on drilling it until success comes out. And the first failure must not tip us into anger and frustration. You can look at your situation differently and come out better at it. So God was beginning to talk to the guy and he begins to say, hey, are you aware you're at a tipping point right now? You are at a tipping point where you can completely fail or you can learn out of your failure and become greater. If you can deal with your anger, if you can remove your anger, which is now blinding you of the valuable lessons that you can get out of this process. Because anger blinds us. He says to him, you are now at a crossroad. You are now at a threshing, a threshing floor. Or you are now at a threshold of your anger. It can tip you over where you begin to go a wrong direction and begin to debilitate and begin to, to lose your sense of importance and sense of direction. He says you can improve from here or be destroyed from here. It depends on how you look at your situation. May I say to you that failure is a university attended by all successful people. As a man, you want to be successful, but you keep on failing at your attempts. And tonight I come out to encourage you that you may have failed once. You may have failed twice. You may have failed even a thousand times. And God is saying, try the thousand and first time and see if you will not get it right. And stop being angry and frustrated. So God comes to Cain and says, if you do not do well, now he begins to warn him. If you do not do well, behold, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. He says, you are at a tipping point. Your, your anger can, if, if you don't check your anger, it will make you lose even the very few things that you have amassed. It will make you lose even your future. He says, watch out because sin is waiting at the door. In other words, sin is opportunistic. It can partner with anger and begin to destroy your life. He doesn't say that anger is sin, but he says sin is attracted to your anger. And your anger can lead you to sinning. Your anger is it's a fodder that sin will want to eat on and, and grow from. And therefore, be careful about your anger because it will lead you to sin. He says, if unchecked, your frustrations will lead you to anger. And which anger will then evolve into sin. And sin is what we call error of judgment or departure from the line of God. Departure from the line of God. He says, if you are not aware, Cain, your anger that you are harboring will cause you to depart from my line and will cause you to have error in judgment. That's why Ephesians 4 verse 26 to 27, it says, be angry but do not sin. In other words, when we are angry, we are prone to sin. We are prone to, to doing things that are wrong. He says, be angry but don't sin. In other words, be careful between the, con the, co the, the connection. There is a connection of, of sin and anger. Anger is not sin, but anger can lead you to sin. That's why the Bible says, be angry but don't sin. Do not open up the door to sin when you're angry. Do not allow your frustrations to cause you to lose your connectivity to God and make you have error of judgment and begin to do things that you will regret permanently in your life. 
Give no room. He continues to, in that verse 27. Give no room to the devil. In other words, the devil wants to have a room. And anger can open up a room for the devil to operate. Anger can open up the door for Satan to begin to do destruction in our lives if our anger is not checked. If your anger goes unchecked, it will cost you more than you have bargained for. Then I want to continue as I study that passage. The Bible says, And Cain took his brother after God had warned him. God, God saw what was coming and he began to warn Cain. He says, hey, check your anger because it will lead you to bigger losses. And Cain did not listen to God and his anger was not checked as God warns him. And he began to look for his brother in order to murder his brother. And this is what I want to say, that anger usually expresses itself at people and places where it did not form. I want to repeat that. Anger usually expresses itself at people and places where it didn't form. Those around us become the punching bags of angers that we are harboring and yet they were not the cause thereof. Abel was not the cause of anger. Abel was not the cause. Abel was not the reason why the offering of Cain was not accepted. Abel was not the reason why the offering of Cain was not respected by God. It was the process that Cain had followed that made his offering not to be accepted. But look at this. He became angry at the process and he moved from being angry at the process and took his anger to the nearest object, which was a person, his own brother, who was nearer the process. And the brother became a punching bag of something that the brother did not cause. I'm trying to say to you that those around us are likely to suffer from the angers that we harbor, yet they are not the cause of the anger. They, they can be triggers, and I want to talk about that. They can be triggers but not the cause. God says, why are you angry? Are you aware that you are generally angry and it's more than just what just happened? There is an underlying current of piled up frustrations that you are harboring within yourself. And these are things that may have happened years ago and they are showing up at this point. In other words, this whole offering process that just happened was just a trigger point, but you have been harboring frustrations and pain within your heart and all you needed was a trigger point because it takes the correct settings to arouse what was lying underneath and unchecked the offering setting was just a trigger of what was all along lying unchecked in the heart of Cain your wife your boss your children may become the trigger but they are not the cause I want to repeat this your wife, your boss, your children, even your pastor may be the trigger of the anger, but they are not the cause. The driver on the road who just passed by roughly in front of you and cut you may be the trigger, but they are not the cause. And you got out of your car and you want to break his neck. You want to shoot the man dead. It is not the cause. It's just a trigger. But it's a trigger of something that is lying unchecked. Frustrations that have been building. 
things that have never been resolved, pain that has never been dealt with, things that we have never confronted in our past. Have you ever seen a man that comes out of his car and he screams at everyone? Have you ever seen someone who walks in in the office and he's angry at everyone and shouting at everyone? Have you ever seen someone in the bus? He's angry with the bus driver. He's angry with the person next to him. He's angry with the wife from home. He's angry with the children. He's angry when he gets back to work. It's because of things that are lying unresolved within his soul. And he has never confronted them. And God is asking, why are you angry? Are you aware that you're not really angry at the people you're angry at? They're simply the patching bag. They're simply the objects that you happen to find next to you to express your frustration. But in reality, these are not the causes. And God begins to, to ask him, as, as the Bible says, he slaughtered. His brother, he, he killed his brother. He got rid of his brother. The brother became a punching bag. The brother became a recipient of the anger that he was harboring all along. But yet the brother was not the cause. Are there people in your life that are suffering right now? Your anger outbursts, yet they're not the cause of your anger. It's something that you've been carrying all along. It could be that you are angry at at people who have passed on and they're even dead right now. You could be angry at a man who dumped you years ago. You're angry at a brother or a wife that dumped you years ago or did not do well in your life. And the wife right now is suffering for the sins of the wife that has left you years ago. Are you aware you're angry at the wrong people? And in verse 9, God begins to say, where is your brother? The one that you should share your space with. The one that you should tolerate and learn to live with. The one who will be there when you fall. The one whom you will share your secrets with. The brother who is supposed to lift you up when you are down. Where is he? In other words, are you aware that your anger has cost you someone that is so important in your life? Because if your anger is not checked, you will lose even those that you love the most. If your anger is not checked, you will lose even that which is so precious, that which God has placed in your life for your own good, you will destroy it. Where is your brother? In verse 10, he says, what have you done? In other words, are you aware of what you have just done? Are you aware of what you just did? Do, do you understand the implications of what you have just done? In other words, you lost judgment because of anger. You lost judgment and you committed such a horrendous thing, something that you'll regret for the rest of your life. One spare moment. One moment. And you lost it all. And you lost your brother. Anger is an emotion that all of us are born with even as little babies, we used to throw tantrums and when we didn't get our way. It, it rises from a sense of entitlement that we all have. Anger has its own place and it has its own reason why it exists, but it can be destructive if we don't check it. Anger can be and is usually expressed outwardly and can be deadly when it's not checked. Also, it can be deadly to the host when it is kept within and it's never expressed. It is expressed through depression and eating disorders. Anger can cost us opportunities in our working and in our business life. How many opportunities have you missed because of your anger? How many jobs have you lost 
because of your anger. Sometimes we lose the best of relationships because of the angers that we harbor. And most of the time, and I've already said it, anger that we have is expressed in places where it did not form. It is expressed on people who did not cause it. You may be dealing with angers that were set alight when you were, a still, were still a young man or a small boy and you have not dealt with those angers. You are angry at people who have moved on and you are expressing your anger verbally, sometimes emotionally and sometimes even physically. Women tend to process their anger differently from men. Men, we are mostly outward whereas women are inward. And men, we are violent in our expression of anger. And we can destroy things. You have never heard of, of women that come out at crossroads and are angry at each other on the road and want to shoot each other. It's mostly men that are at road ridges and are killing each other on the roads and are lifting up fingers on the roads. It's because of the anger that we are harboring. The combination of boldness and anger is very destructive. An angry coward is better than a bold angry fool. An angry coward is better than a bold angry fool. Boldness is a problem. The Bible says, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the bosom of fools. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9. I want to repeat that verse. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry. For anger rests in the bosom of fools. It is foolish to harbor anger. The Bible says it rests. In other words, it has found a home. Let anger not found, find a home in your heart. Let anger never rest in your bosom. Let it pass. There's a saying that you can never stop birds from flying above your head but you can always stop them from building a nest on your head. Let anger be a bird that flies above, but never rest on your head. Let it pass. Foolishness and anger are in the same WhatsApp group. Some of us have lost things that we have paid for because of rage. You bought a television set and you kicked it and you broke it because you were angry. And you had to pay for it again. You have to go buy another one. My uncle years ago, and the lesson I learned as a young man, when he was angry at his wife, he drove his car and capsized with it. And he, the car was not insured. This is a story me and him used to share. The car was not insured, and he was actually teaching me about anger. The car was not insured. He had to literally pay for a car that he had just bought, and the car was destroyed. And he said to me, it got his name blacklisted and he struggled for many years with creditors because of that instance where his car was destroyed because of anger and I learned something out of that anger does not solve anything it builds nothing but it, it can destroy everything anger is a mask and these are quotes from the internet anger is a mask it covers up your true feelings like fear jealousy, frustration or powerlessness. It is a way of dealing with the situation when you haven't processed the real feelings behind it. Anger is a mask that we're all wearing. In other words, behind every angry person, there are real issues. You simply became a trigger, but you're not the cause. 
How much more? Here's another question. How much more grievous are the consequences of anger than the causes of it? Another one says, it talks about smiling. Like I said to you earlier on as I close right now, there is a link between your face and your state of happiness and anger. There's a link between your face. Some of us are growing older by retaining an angry face. We look older than we should because we are forever angry and we keep a frowning face. Did you know that it takes a lot of muscles to frown than it does to smile? Tell the person next to you, please smile. Even though you may be angry, but just smile for a second. There's a game we play with our children sometimes, and my wife likes doing this to us, where you're feeling not okay that particular day and you don't want to smile. And she will stand in front of you and say, you will smile. I'm going to count. I'm going to count one, two, three. I'm telling you now, as someone smiling in front of you and is counting, you will end up breaking and you will smile. Try that in your home. Somebody said on the internet, I'm not, I'm not frowning. I'm just smiling upside down. <laughs> a million reasons to smile, but yet we are still frowning. We have a million reasons to smile, but yet we still find ourselves frowning. Peace begins with a smile. Smile at your family. Smile at your home. Smile at your children. Wake up with a smile. Be friendly. Be kind. Have a heart of God and be friendly to those around you. Refrain from anger, the Bible says, and turn from wrath. Do not fret, for it leads only to evil. An angry person, that was Psalm 37 verse 8. Now Proverbs 29 verse 22 says, An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Proverbs 16 verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than a mighty one. And he who rules his spirit is better than he who takes up a city. In other words, I'm not impressed with your muscles. I'm not impressed with your stature as a man. If you're not able to control your anger and your temper. I'm not impressed by how strong and how big muscles, how big your abs may be. If you cannot control your spirit, you are as weak as a baby. God requires us to grow up as men and learn how to control our spirits. Because if we do not, we will lose our promised land. Moses was a child who struggled with, with anger. A leader who had anger issues. He killed an Egyptian and tried to reconcile with a Hebrew. He dropped tablets when he came back from the mountain that God had given him. And God had to tell him to bring them back. He hit the rock twice when he was supposed to speak to it. And because of that last instance, he did not see the promised land. How much promised lands have we lost in our lives because of anger, because of temper issues? What is your promised land? And what is it that you're struggling to reach because of anger issues? Proverbs 29, 25 verse 28 is our close. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. Watch out against anger. Let there be no anger that dwells in your heart. Let Jesus Christ heal you tonight, I pray. Begin to have inner conversations with yourself and ask yourself, why am I angry? It's not your wife. 
It's not your girlfriend. It's not your boss. It is frustrations that are lying within you. It's time to begin to pinpoint them and say this and this and this. And forgive those who have wronged you. Open up and talk about your frustrations to those who are close to you. To those who matter to you. Begin to open up. And I ask that the Lord heal you as a man. I ask that the Lord give you his grace. For patience is a fruit of the spirit. And anger is a fruit of the flesh. May God give us grace as men to be healed from anger issues. That we may arise and be a blessing to our families. And be a blessing to those around us. Let the children who live around us feel comfortable. And feel safer to even talk to us. Because we are not angry all the time. We are happy and smiling and welcoming. We are not those angry bulls and lions. That we have found ourselves to be. May God give us grace as men to have a heart of patience. And may God give us grace to overcome the frustrations that we face. The failures we have gone through. The businesses that don't seem to be producing and being profitable. Because the women that we have sometimes put pressures on us. And say they want things and they want things that we can't afford. And these make us to be frustrated. But may God help us to carry all of this on our shoulders. May God give us broader shoulders that we will carry every burden and we will not crush under the pressure of frustration. May God heal us from the scourge of anger and make us to be a blessing to our families and not a curse. May God make us to be men who care and love those who are around us. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Somebody give that hand, the Lord a hand tonight. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I, I trust that you've learned something and I trust that the Lord has enlightened something that, that was hidden in your heart and hidden in the scriptures. May God bless you with your family as a man. May God give you the desires of your heart. May God grant you and make sure that all the plans and the aspirations of your heart come to pass. I appreciate all of you for joining us every Wednesday night. And you for listening tonight. I pray for you. Be blessed in Jesus' name. In the midst of this pandemic, I speak the healing of God upon you. I speak the grace of God upon you. Be healed in Jesus' name. If you contracted the virus and you are in hospital or in your home self-medicating, I pray that the Lord heal you. Jehovah Rapha heal you right now. I pray for the protection of God upon your house and your family. I speak the blood of Jesus upon your house right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be safe in Jesus' name. Be surrounded by God in Jesus' name. God bless you and God surround you in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord bless you. I pray that the Lord keep you. I pray that the Lord shine his face towards you and be gracious to you. I pray that the Lord lift up his countenance towards you and your family. And may he grant you his peace in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Do me seni. Bongeni. Jalo. Hungu Jehovah. O pilayo. Guna pagate. Sing with me. Oh, 